for the past, present, and future of all animals. This is the Zookeeper's Voice with your host, Danny Jirasi. Hello, and welcome to the Zookeeper's Voice. I'm your host, Danny. Today on the show, we have Shannon Dingy Kramer, the founder of Birds and Beaks Rescue and Rehab. Birds and Beaks is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Battle Creek, Michigan, who rescues, rehabs, and places parrots in good, fit homes for adoption. Birds and Beaks also has a mission of providing the humans who care for their parrots and beyond the knowledge, training, and advice to help give birds happy, comfortable homes that provides for all of their needs. Let's take a listen to our chat with Shannon Dingy Kramer, the founder of Birds and Beaks Rescue and Rehab. Hello, Shannon. Thank you for coming on the Zookeeper's Voice today. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to be here and talk to you. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about Birds and Beaks. Well, we are a nonprofit 501c3 organization located in Battle Creek, Michigan, and our mission is to help as many of the unwanted, displaced parrots as possible, get them rehabbed, get them medically sound, get them on good diets, and then get them in homes that are well-educated in in how to take care of them so that they can have a really good shot at a second chance for long-term good life. Wonderful. Now, where did uh, Birds and Beaks get started? How long have you guys been doing this? We opened on June 3rd, 2016, um, and it kind of happened, I, I mean, I've, I've been rescuing birds my entire life, um, whether, you know, it's just somebody going, hey, you know birds, we take care of this bird, and then, you know, getting that bird taken care of and into a home. Um, in 2016, I had just wanted an eclectus. I wanted an eclectus. I don't buy from breeders. I, I believe in rescue. So I had been looking and looking and I finally found a bird that seemed to, you know, fit my, my personality. My sister and I went up to, um, it was north of Saginaw here in Michigan and, um, you know, to meet this bird, she walked in before me and I heard her swear and she's not really the swearing type. So I was behind her and I heard her and she like, she let it fly in what is going on? So I walk in behind her and it's a puppy mill. I've never seen one before. I I had never like in all of my years, I'd never actually seen one. You hear about them, but it's something completely different to see it. Right. And so in this house, it was like a double wide trailer. There are these octagons of um, like little baby fence set up all the way through this house. And in each of one of those octagons, there's 15 to 20 puppies. Wow. And, um, and then there's all like these little designer miniature dogs running everywhere. And then you can hear all of the big dogs. I mean, easily there was 150 dogs in this house. My goodness. Um, it was, it was incredibly crazy. So we get in to meet the bird and right smack dab in the middle of this puppy mill is the eclectus. And then there was actually another eclectus and a macaw there. So I bought the eclectus, but I only had enough money to buy the one and I get him home and I started doing videos and training. And that woman reached out to me and said, Hey, I see what you're doing with him. Will you take the other one too? 
And so I said, okay. So like we did that. And then a couple of weeks after that, somebody said, Hey, this bird needs help. You rescue birds. Right. And I said, well, I, I mean, I don't not rescue birds. So (laughs) (laughs) we, we kind of just started getting our stuff together. I designed a website and got, you know, started the ball rolling called the department of agriculture to see what there was necessary for licensing here in Michigan. Turns out there's nothing. Um, there's, it's, it's really kind of a sad state of affairs, but, um, we, we just went through the motions of kind of getting ourselves out there. And, and now here we are a couple of years later. Wonderful. So what started out as one bird as being a personal, um, companion animal, it sounds like has turned into how many animals now? Um, we have at any given time, we've got about 35, which is, it's interesting. My poor husband, I, my (laughs) husband's a saint. So I take him to dinner after this conversation with the, you rescue parrots, right? Of course. So we sit down, I took him out to like, I think it was red lobster because it's his favorite. And I was clearly buttering him up and I'm like, so I want to rescue birds. And he said, bless his heart. He said, so like one or two at a time. (laughs) And I said, that's exactly what I mean, honey. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, the answer is right now in my house, I have 34 oh. birds. Oh, my goodness. So, um, so and, not and one not or two. Like, yeah, not not one or two. Um, and my personal flock is up to eight. So, wow, I, it, it happens. You know, you've you got everybody has has foster fails. I also have rescue fails. They come and they take your heart over and then you can't bear to right they steal that place in your heart and you can't let them go yes but the the new mantra around here is eight is enough apparently so <laughs> eight is enough sure yeah. sure it is sure it is <laughs> sounds like 38 is enough right now right right yeah so, good news is I, I processed about 150 applications today so hopefully some of these guys will be going home wonderful so yeah. what is your goal goal in terms of what you do um it sounds from what i've read on your facebook page and from me following along with your social media it seems that you take them in you care for them and then people do apply to be able to give them a forever home is that correct yes yes um although so my goal my goal is to get the all of these guys placed, but it's got to be the right home. My my true goal, the I I feel like what helps larger than thirty birds is helping, you know, twenty thousand people be able to understand these birds. The education is the big is the big deal here. So um, we started a. Um, a program we call it Tuesday Night Live. Every Tuesday night, we answer questions live for our community for an hour, at least an hour, usually a little bit more than that. So any type of questions they have about behavior or nutrition or um, enrichment or uh, how do I build a perfect enclosure? What's the best toy? What's the best, you know, any of it. We answer those questions live every Tuesday night. And then one week a month, usually the first week, of the month, our veterinarian actually comes on and answers those questions with me. So then we can handle all of the medical questions too. So the goal for that, for me at least, is it, the, the more people we can get educated, the more people we can get on board with this new 
more um, companion-based rather than pet-based way of looking at the birds um, with trust being the centerpiece of the relationship. The more people we can get on board with that and understanding the birds, the the better chance these birds will have to stay in their homes. So um, it just, you know, promotes success in the relationships and then we have less, you know, less birds being surrendered. Yeah. So that's the goal. So what kind of birds do you take in? Um, is it just if if you have wings, you you have a place here? Or how does that work? Um, no. So uh, I'm actually part of the FEMA team here. They want me to get my falconry, falconry license. Um, but I'm probably not going to do that. Okay. Um, I, have, <laughs> I have an aversion of feeding live food. Um, I completely <laughs> I like the- understand that. <laughs> I like the herbivores. Um, I, I I do love you know I do love raptors, but I'm I'm not built for raptors. Right. So mostly parrots. Uh, anything from like lovebirds and budgies and cockatiels, all the way up to cockatoos, macaws, amazons, and and everything in between. Is there a type of bird that you see needing or coming into your line of what you do the most? Yeah. So the most surrendered birds here are blue and gold macaw. Um, and we have a couple theories on that. I think that 20 years ago is when the, the Margaritaville start, you know, the Margaritaville Jimmy Buffett stuff really kind of boomed. Yeah. Like on all of their signs and everything, it's the blue and gold macaw. And, um, I think that people really got infatuated with that beach lifestyle and, and the novelty of a talking bird. Right. And um, those talking birds reach sexual maturity and they can ruin your life with, in terms of, of sound. Um, we, we actually had one uh, recently that came into the rescue. The guy didn't like to keep him in a cage. So um, he had actually called us one time. And the, the first time he called, he's like, you know, my bird is sick. He's laying on the bed. He's sleeping. I, I, I came home from work and I'm like, he wasn't in a cage. And he said, no, I, I don't like to cage my bird. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you think he got into? So it turns out the guy had had a massive injury and had marital, uh, medical marijuana, oh, no. which is legal. The bird ate the entire vial. Oh dear. So this bird is literally curled up in, the, in his bed sleeping and, uh, you know, the, the bird, in the end, the bird was fine. I'm surprised it didn't kill him because it was, you know, that's really potent. Um, yeah. So then, it, you know, I tell him, like, it's okay to cage your bird. Like, you you wouldn't just let your toddler go running around. Why would you let him a caw? And he, you know, while you're at work. And he's like, well, I just, they're supposed to be free. I'm like, yeah, but you took that, that choice away from them when we bred them in captivity. So you now it's your responsibility to keep them safe. So two weeks later, I'm so not kidding. He he reaches out again. Says you need to come get this bird. I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? He said I just came home. There's no ceiling in my kitchen. Oh my goodness. I'm like, okay. What do you mean there's no ceiling in your kitchen? He said, well, he likes to play in the water. So he went up and turned on all of the the faucets, but then he pulled up all of the stoppers, so it just flooded the bathroom upstairs. And it all ran down and went through my kitchen. Oh, my gosh. So, like, 
I mean, I want to be like, I, I can't be mad at the bird for that. Like, no, it sounded like he was creating his own enrichment. He sure was. <laughs> and he was left to his own devices. He didn't have a cage. Um, and, and, you know, the funny part is he had a cage. He just chose not to use it. And then at the end of the day, that's what caused the bird his home because he was very well loved. He just, you know, their lack of being able to give the bird rules created, you know, the reason he was displaced. And it's really sad because, you know, I, I know the guy loves him, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that people don't understand what a big responsibility it is when they purchase these animals. Uh, and I'm sure that is a big part of the, the message that you're trying to send. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not a novelty. And I mean, the oldest, well, the oldest macaw I've ever met was 88 years old. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, they, they you got these teenagers. I, I, I won't adopt anybody who's under 21. Um, but I see it all the time at the pet stores, you know, that I'm going to I'm going to go get a macaw and I'm 20 years old. Okay, well, you haven't had children yet. You haven't been married yet. Have you finished college? Because you can't take that macaw to the dorm. Like they, you can hear them for six city blocks. Right. Wherever, you know, the, the dorm's not going to be cool with that. Um, and then, you know, what happens, what happens when you have children? You know, what happens then? Every bird's going to go through aggression. Every bird's going to, you know, they're wild animals. They're not you know, generations and generations removed from their, from their instincts, like dogs and cats are, um, they are straight up wild animals and yes, they are born in captivity and we do love them and we do imprint on them, but their instincts are still very, very wild. Absolutely. Now I, you've mentioned enrichment. I've mentioned enrichment for mm -hmm. our listeners, um, who are at home right now, can you um, explain a little bit of about what enrichment is? Yes. So we provide tons and tons of toys. I've actually, you know, I, I don't know if you're on Facebook, but I just did one of those birthday fundraisers. Um, my birthday was on April 8th, and I raised $518. Well, happy late birthday. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> With that $518, what we're doing is we are buying new toys for every single bird in the rescue. And um, we have a wholesale, uh, we have uh, access to a wholesale um, market so that we can get the bird, uh, the toys at half, half price, in which case we can buy about $1,000 worth of toys. Wow. Those $1,000 worth of toys are going to last approximately three months-ish. Um and what that means is every bird chews, every bird does puzzles, they forage for their food, they, um, and we, that's our goal is to get them foraging for their food. Because in the wild, they're going to fly 6, 8, 12, 15 miles a day, depending on species. In captivity, they are in a, at best case, 6 by 6 enclosure. Right. Um, and most not that large. They don't get that type of, of exercise. So it really weighs on their organs. It really you know, diminishes their, their lifespan. It causes, you know, much like us in a sedentary lifestyle from the couch, that's what our birds are living because they're, they've got a full bowl of food 24-7. They don't have to work for anything. And, um, and as such, they get bored. They get complacent. 
and they have the cognitive ability of a five to eight year old human child ish. Okay. So they like imagine shoving a, a six year old in a cage with nothing in it. They'd go crazy. They'd go crazy. So, and that's what's happening with these guys. And it, it uh, manifests in several different ways. I, I don't know if you're on our Facebook. You, you said you were on our Facebook. Yeah, I definitely interact on your Facebook. I actually really enjoy your uh, Tuesday night live. So. Oh, awesome. Well, we this this last week, um, one of our uh, one of our followers, their bird had gone two and a half years without plucking, without self mutilating, and then I think it was Tuesday morning. It was two days ago. Tuesday morning, he got up and his bird is bloody. Oh, no. Under both wings, he had ripped himself open. On his back, he had ripped himself open. Underneath each wing, there was like two to three um, like major wounds under each. And unfortunately, that's really, really expensive to deal with. Right. And so, um, and he's been going through some financial hardship. So he had reached out to us and asked to surrender the bird if we would take care of him. So what we ended up doing with, with this particular bird is we had him go take the bird to our vet. Our vet saw to him, we got a collar ordered. We did, you know, we we basically were getting him stable and we're going to just send him back to his human because that's where he's going to thrive. And we're going to help him with, um, you know, enrichment ideas such as foraging and things to do to keep him busy, um, things to take his mind off the hormone season, which likely caused that that uh, self mutilation. Um, and we're going to we're going to get him so that hopefully he doesn't do this again. But if he does, um, the gentleman who owns him will have a toolbox to fall back on to help save him from himself. Right. And with, without enrichment, that's what these birds do. I have another one here. Um, Gwen, she's the one who's always going, I got a poop. I don't know if you've seen her. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> Such a little mess. Um, she'll go, I got a poop every, like every time she wants something. Um, she's basically naked. She's got feathers on her head. Okay. Uh, but that's it. Okay. She doesn't have feathers on her wings, on her chest, on her back. And um, and we've been really working on this. And actually, she's got almost her full her full wings back. I'm pretty impressed with where she's at. But um, we're working on that. Uh, she had gone through probably something quite similar with being locked in a cage and not having, you know, having the, the proper enrichment and proper things to to keep her little mind occupied and she became a very fearful neurotic animal that just shredded herself Poor thing. Um, and then also this week we got a little quaker polly in who um his mama is she's got um terminal cancer and when he, when he arrived she said by the way he's got some scabs on his chest but he's done this his entire life um we think he's okay but you know so we got a full medical workup on him too. And, and I think at one point he probably had a pretty decent infection and then it morphed into this behavior thing. So okay. now he's just covered in scabs all of the time because he chews on the skin. So my objective is to fix those issues for them. Yeah, it sounds like you you take in lots of different cases of birds. So, um, yeah. so. Are we hearing any of these guys in the background? 
Yeah, you might be hearing a little sigh here and there. I, uh, yeah, the eclectus we had previously talked about is over here, and um, I can get him to probably get, yell at me like, "Why aren't you getting me out?" Right? Right? That's okay. We'll keep talking, <laughs> and if he decides to say hello, then he decides to say hello. So, Let's see if I can't find a little walnut and see if we can't get Gwen to tell you about her poop schedule. Oh, that would be that would be the <laughs> highlight of my year if we can get a bird to tell us on on our interview that we have to poop. So, <laughs> um, well, while you're doing that, uh, the next thing I wanted to ask you is, like you said, people are really interested in having birds at home. Um, they're interested in you know getting them as companion animals. What would you like to tell our listeners today if they were interested in getting a bird or if they already have a bird, what would you like them to take away from this interview? I, I, you know, my grandma used to say to me, she called me Bugs. I, it was a, my, my childhood nickname. It started out my grandpa called me Termite because I got into everything. My grandma hated it, so she started calling me Bugs. <laughs> and she would say to me, Bugs, what I wouldn't do to put my head on your shoulders. And it never really, like, I was a kid. I didn't under, understand what that really meant. But now I get it. There's so, like, to try to impart all of the knowledge that that I've gained over the last several years, I wish I could. Because if, if, if I could do that, that would be incredible. It would save a lot of lives. Um, the short term, the, the, the short version of it, I guess, is birds need quality time out of cages every day. And in order for, like, if your bird's biting, if your bird's in a cage and locked in a cage because they're biting or because they're screaming or because of whatever behavior problem is exhibiting itself and rearing its ugly head, there is a way around it. And it all centers around trust. If you can build trust with that bird, go all the way back to the square one and build trust with that bird. And every single interaction that you have is building trust with that bird. You can get around it. And um, you can, I mean, you can turn it around really quite easily. Um, the, the behavior problems that we see with these guys, like the most chronic, when their needs are met, they, they stop doing those things. I have birds that are surrendered for screaming almost constantly. Oh, wow. And most of the time, they don't really have problems with screaming. They have problems with their needs not being met. So they get here and they stop ah. screaming because they don't need to because they get what they need. So really, we just want to take away, like our listeners, we want them to take away, one, just how important it is to have a if you have a bird to be meeting their needs and if you, they have behavioral issues, even just from the advice that you've given us today, there's, there's a lot that people can do. Oh, for sure. I mean, like it's, and it's fun. It's fun to do. It's you're speaking a language with an animal that can talk back. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, it, it's, there's a meme that's circulating out there that says, I bet the, the first person, who heard a, a parrot speak was not okay for a very long time. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I know so, I wouldn't be. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I feel like if we are able to, to help people understand the cognitive ability of these guys, that that 
like people will be so impressed with it that they will give them another shot rather than shoving them in a basement or shoving them in a closet. We hear that a lot. Yeah. It's so loud that we, we, you know, take them away and put them away. I think that's so important for people who not only if they have birds to know that, but also people who are considering getting a bird as a companion animal, just for them mm-hmm. to really take everything that you have uh, talked to us about today and make that decision a little bit with a little bit more thought. Yeah. The other, you know, there's, there is another thing. Birds have to reach sexual maturity. And the interesting thing about that is that once a bird reaches sexual maturity, they kind of change from who they were when they were little. When they're little, they're very pliable. You can do anything you want to with them. But as soon as they hit sexual maturity, they are sentient beings who make decisions on their own and they very freely exercise those choices. So if they don't want your finger in their face anymore, or like if your hands have been making them do things they don't want to do, they are going to then turn on you. And and that's where we, we really see a lot of people start surrendering. Well, he was very nice up until last week. And then last week he started biting me. Well, last week was the very beginning of breeding season. He's five years old and he just reached sexual maturity and he's not putting up with your crap anymore is what's going on. So you, you've got to, you can get through that. You can work through that, but now you just have to treat them more like a friend than a pet. And I used to hate it when people say, you know, people would say that, but it's the truth of it. Now, a lot of people are like, well, you know, I don't want to get a, a rescue bird because those, those birds have problems. The thing is, is those rescue birds that have problems used to be baby birds who didn't have problems. Right. And then people made them have problems by forcing them and constantly, you know, imposing their will on them without giving them a choice. So my, my I guess, call to action there is adopt a rescue bird because it's always better to deal with the demon you know than the demon you don't. Yeah. With with a baby bird, you're still going to meet those demons. You just don't know what they are yet. Right. And it also sounds like people need to be prepared for all of the the changes that these birds go through and as yes. they as they sexually mature and become the birds that they're going to be for the remainder of their lives, which can yes. be long it sounds like. Very long. And, you know, and, and it's okay that, you know, there, life happens. Um, the, the most interesting thing has happened this year. Like I would say the the fair majority of our surrenders this year have been terminal cancer patients oh, or wow. people who ha- are passing away due to stroke or um, uh, we had a COPD. Um, it, it's all been very, very medical, but these people have, have had the birds most of their lives. And I mean, it's no person is meant to take care of anything for 80 years. Yeah. Like we're not meant to take care of our children for 80 years. I mean, look at the divorce rates. We don't take care of our husbands for 80 years. (laughs) I mean, I probably will. I've been married, but you know, I've been married a long time, but um, you know, like the, I would say the majority of people out there, you know, don't. And it's sad. We're, we're just not built for commitment like that. Um, so, you know, to, to get an animal like this, you have to be one of those people who are built for that commitment. Right. And I, I think that's really important for people to consider. 
Yeah. So um, as we're wrapping up, is there anything, any other message, anything that you want to tell our listeners uh, before we start wrapping up? There's nothing like the love of a parent. It's, it's unlike any other relationship you've ever had. It's more intense and it's, it's something, it's something you work for every single day. It's not, uh, you're not going to go to a bird and, and upset that bird and have that bird be totally cool with that. Like you could a dog, you know, you can not to talk smack about dogs. Right. I love, you know, but like a dog will put up with an awful lot and, and come back for more and be like, Oh, well, I, you know, they're very loyal. They love you. Birds have no such affliction. You will earn every single bit of your relationship with a bird, but it's worth it. It's the most incredible thing. And, and when you first experience it, it's, unlike anything else that those are wonderful words i love hearing that and um (laughs) before we let you go can you tell our listeners where they can follow along with you guys on social media and also if they would like to how they can donate to all the wonderful work you're doing with these birds oh i would love to okay so to follow us on facebook which is where we're most active it's facebook.com forward slash Birds and Beaks, B-I-R-D-S-A-N-D-B-E-A-K-S. And then um, we also have a website, which is birdsandbeaks.org. And uh, we have a donate link right there on our website or on our Facebook page. Or if you are a member of um, PayPal, you can go to paypal.me forward slash birdsandbeaks to donate. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Zookeeper's Voice today, Shannon. We look forward to talking to you further on down the line. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much for having us. Birds and Beaks was such a fun interview to have on. Shannon was great. I have been. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Sitting back and listening in my producer's booth where I belong. <laughs> in your producer's booth. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you can't see in the studio yet. His, in his producer's booth. In my producer's booth. Well, What's really crazy is I had been following along with the work that she was doing and all the education she's putting out there and how open and honest she's being about everything for a while. So actually getting to sit down and talk to her was really cool. I I just there's a lot that people don't get to hear about when it comes to birds and keeping them as companion animals where we're flooded and, you know, we love dogs. And there was a lot of people that you said you worked with at SeaWorld that followed what she was doing, right? Right. And like I like I was about to say, we, we're flooded with like dogs and cats and stuff. But how often do you really see bird videos and stuff like that on <laughs> Pretty Facebook? Pretty rarely. Yeah. So we don't really know as much about them. But yeah, a lot of um, after we got uh, did our interview with Shannon, one of the things that I mentioned to her was I do have friends who are from SeaWorld who would share her videos and posts. And that's how I actually started following her. So her reach is a lot further than you would ever imagine because even though we're in, in the same time zone now, I when I started following her, I lived in Texas. It's one of those things that's really um, sort of blown my mind since we started this was how much of a reach that some of these organizations have. Like we, we I see it now because I like them on Facebook, but everything that Patty and Dallas Dogger are doing and I see like hundreds of comments on everything she posts. Oh, right. And now Absolutely. I'm seeing all this stuff from that Shannon posts on Birds and Beaks. And it's like 
a lot of people have a lot of passion for this kind of stuff, and I never really knew that. Yeah, and I think that there's such a need, even with the passion that these people, that people feel, that there's a need for education to learn about what it takes to care for that kind of an animal, um, the training that goes behind it. And especially, I mean, an animal that lives for 80 years. Yeah, outlives the owners probably. Like, let's be honest. If you and I got a bird in theory right now, that bird would outlive us. That's crazy. (laughs) That's absolutely insane. Like when you think of having a pet, it's like dogs 15 to 20, you know. Yeah, it's devastating how long they won't be around. Right, right. And to think that... Birds will be around longer, long after you're gone. Yeah, so I mean, it's just such a big responsibility. Yeah, for sure. But like she said, that when you got to, when you really do connect with a bird, it's one of the most awesome things. Oh, I bet. And any animal that you get to work with is having a connection with animals. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's why we're doing this show. So, um, I think that I, I just love hearing from her and hearing actually probably tonight she's doing her Tuesday night live. Oh yeah. 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 We're Uh, recording this on a Tuesday. Yeah. Oops. Spoiler alert. Peek peek behind the curtain (laughs) into the the producer's booth. The producer's booth. The mysterious producer's booth. You can't see it. It's very fancy. Is John Cena in there? (laughs) It's very fancy in here. Into the producer's booth. Want to add this? Into the producer's booth. Yeah, you don't get Echo. Oh. You're not in the producer's booth. Oh, that was so mean. You took I'm over, my Echo. I'm over here in the producer's booth. And I don't get any Echo. Nope. Sorry. Well, <laughs> speaking of catching things behind the curtain, I really enjoyed her peek behind the curtain at what she does. Yeah, for sure. And uh, a peek behind the curtain into the bathroom of the birds. Yeah, so um, we actually have a special treat for you. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have so much fun with this soundbite. <laughs> so Shannon actually what graciously sent us a little sound clip of one of our friends that we heard about on the show. It was Gwen, right? I believe it was Gwen. Yeah. And so whenever you're ready, producer. Yeah, when Gwen has to go to the bathroom, she makes it very clear that she has to go to the bathroom. Take a listen. <laughs> <laughs> Hear it again. Uh, Here's a different one. I got a poop. <laughs> She's got a poop. She got poop. <laughs> That's amazing. It's it's just uh, I and then <laughs> when she sent that to us, I could not stop oh laughing. When she was telling us about it, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be okay." But that's really funny. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, just hearing about her stories and the passion that people have for these birds, I just think that. You know, even we got a peek right now. These guys have just such big personalities and they can bring so much joy to people's lives. And I think it's awesome that Shannon is just spreading not not just awareness and education and telling people, hey, they're a big responsibility. For sure. Um, That she's not just doing that for the, the birds who are in her care. But she also goes online and helps people just with their birds in general. Mm-hmm. And I think that it takes a special person to not just give to the birds that you are having, you know, that pass through your home, that pass through your rescue. But she's literally helping anybody who needs help for the good of the birds. 
And I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, this is definitely one of my favorite interviews we've done so far. Yeah, I mean, I feel like as we go through these interviews, it's so cool because, I mean, people are just wonderful and have so much passion for these animals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I love hearing about how passionate she is about it because, you know, it takes a it also takes a lot to be able to bring animals into your home to love them and then give them a new home. Absolutely. So... We loved talking to Shannon and we're excited to further on down the line. We talked about if she ever wants to come on and talk about training, talk yeah. about other things. I would love to know how you train a bird. That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, and how I, do you make them talk? I, you know, that's for another, that's for another episode. It's absolutely crazy. Oh, so are we getting out of here? I think we're getting out of here. Good. Cause. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> okay. No, <Well>. for real. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Almost um, there. <laughs> I can't. Uh, on that note, well, thank you guys so much for listening today. Um, thanks for joining us with Shannon from Birds and Beaks. Please rate and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your favorite podcast. And be sure to stay up to date with all the happenings here at The Zookeeper's Voice on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and at thezookeepersvoice.com. For the past, present, and future of all animals, this has been The Zookeeper's Voice. We'll see you next time. Uh, cool.